What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you very much for tuning in to part two. Part two of this uh, very special show because we are live on Facebook. Uh, Charlie Nusser just uh, just started watching. Cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you, Charlie. Katie Krantz on here. Rose, what's going on? Scott Witt, thank you very much. But we're doing it live on Facebook as it's streaming live through nrmstreamcast.com. I've been answering questions that have been messaged to me. You can chime in through Facebook if you have anything you want me to answer. I mean, we can talk skateboarding, hockey, artwork, music, whatever. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Um, And I will do my best to answer anything um, that is sent over. But um, uh, closing out segment one. There was a couple questions that came up, and I'm glad I wrote them down because they're scrolled up, and I don't really want to get all my hands in the phone. So um, one came in from Kevin Watson, and he asked, what is my favorite local park? And for those of you who are watching from around the world, uh, we're broadcasting from just outside Detroit, Michigan, in Farmington Hills, and that southeastern uh, part of the state. We have been so blessed over the last handful of years with some of the most amazing skateboard parks. I mean, uh, companies have been coming here. The Tony Hawk Foundation has given this section of our state a ton of money. So we have new parks going up in Ypsilanti. We have a great park in Ann Arbor. We have one in Ferndale, Sterling Heights. We have an indoor facility in Royal Oak owned by Modern Skate and Surf that is world class. So we are sort of spoiled here in Michigan when it comes to skateboard slash extreme sports parks because you're allowed many of them you're allowed to ride BMX bikes uh, those little razor scooters are everywhere um, so I mean it's not just for skateboarding but um my favorite park huh how huh, Watson I don't even know like each park offers a little something different I love modern skate and surf because they have a 13 foot vert ramp and, and that thing scares the bejesus out of me, and I love that about it. it. When I get on that ramp, I'm back to being 12 years old again, and it feels like it did when I started skating. It, it, it's, it's back to being early on. Um, I love the Ann Arbor Skate Park. That has a little something for everybody. The street course is fun. The bowls are fun. If I had to pick one, though, if I had to pick one, I'd probably— um, I'd, I'd have to go uh, in the summer, Ann Arbor, in the winter, modern skate and surf. Those, uh, so I can't just pick one because in the winter, we are limited to an indoor facility, and that would be modern skate and surf. Um, so that would be my answer. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. I'm reading more. Uh, uh, let's see. If on my way home, I stopped and bought a lottery ticket and won a million dollars, what would I do with the money? I would pay off any bills. My family has. I would probably pay off any bills, you know, my mom has and probably uh, help out my sisters. Um, And uh, I'd be a philanthropist. I'd want to do good things around the world. You know, a million dollars isn't isn't, uh, 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 you know, unlimited, but I think you could help a lot of people with that amount of money. And so that would be my focus. I'm not sure how I would do that. I would probably do some research on other nonprofits or start my own and figure out where I could make the biggest difference. I'd probably do a lot with um, recovery. Um, You know, I think that is huge. Um, as far as the recovery community goes, you know, I think they can, there can never be enough, especially with what we've been through over the last, you know, handful of months and people, uh, working from home and being at home all the time. And, and with, 
you know, not being able to get out of your house and do your own thing, I would, um, I would probably, probably focus on recovery right now because I think people really, uh, really need that. Um, Kevin Watson said, variety is the spice of life, and that is true. That is very true, especially when it comes to skateboarding. You know, he was the one that asked me my favorite local park, and variety is the spice of life. You know, skating new things, you can do the same trick on a bunch of different parks, and it's a different trick every time because the transitions are different. The the depth of the bowl or the ramp is different. Um, where it's at is different. Uh, so that is that, that makes you a, 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 a more well-rounded skateboarder let's just say um but thank you guys so much for all these awesome questions and keep them coming keep them coming we got about 20 minutes in segment two so keep the questions coming i really do appreciate it uh oh and neighbors ask um what is my next project Uh, i think i have enough going on right now man um you know, I'd like to do more. I, I was just talking about the recovery community. I'd like to do more there, and I'm figuring out how to do that, uh, help people stay sober. Um, uh, February 2nd, it'll be four years of being sober for me, and, uh, you know, Buddhism has helped me with that. Noah Levine, who will be on this show in the next month or two, who wrote Refuge Recovery, uh, that has been huge. And, and a lot of people, especially with Alcoholics Anonymous and all that stuff, they get scared by the God word and whatever. So I would like to um, present them a little bit of a different option with Refuge Recovery. So that may be my next project. Uh, Purple Heart has taken up a lot of time. Um, uh, you can check it out, purpleheart.com, P-R-P-L-H-R-T.com, a clothing company that uh, that I help do. Um, that's taking up time. This show, I, I'm looking to grow this. Uh, some speaking engagements that have been happening over Zoom. Uh, so, so I have a lot going right now, uh, and and trying to keep my day to day life. You know, keeping home life as 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 smooth as I can. So it's a juggling act. It's a juggling act. But uh, I think I, I keep getting pushed in the arena of. Um, of recovery, so I gotta quit fighting against that. You know, I gotta quit fighting against that and just go with the flow. And uh, as a side note, uh, January I'm actually going back to school to get a uh, certificate in addiction studies and just to know more. You know, I don't know what that's gonna do, but as people continue messaging me, I want to have better tools to help them. You know, there's no one size fits all when it comes to getting sober. That's for sure. Uh, I just saw Jess uh, chime in. Jess, thank you very much for uh, for tuning in. Mike uh, Freiberg, um, amazing skateboarder, amazing skateboarder. Amanda, thank you for tuning in uh, to this very special edition of the Drop In because we're going. Li- we have live Facebook going right here, NRM Streamcast live right here. Uh, it's it, it's been awesome because questions are coming coming in. Ryan Richardson, I got to get you on my show, man. He's doing some really rad stuff right now. Uh, what? Uh, type in what the name of your uh, company is because Ryan and I have met a few times here and there, and he's doing some really cool, like, holistic yoga-based, like, crazy stuff that is helping 
I mean, potential to help thousands. And so I got to get him in the studio sometime soon. Um, but thank you all. Thank you all for tuning into this. This has been uh, over-exceeded my expectations. Because a lot of times, you don't know. You're, we're, we're live. I don't know if anybody's going to ask any questions. If anybody's going to tune in, I have no idea. And then it's my job to carry carry uh, an hour's worth of content, which I, I, I think I could do that. But it's fun answering these questions. Um, Lion's Eye Lifestyle. Lion's Eye Lifestyle. Check it out. Ryan Richardson, he's on this feed right now. Check out what he's doing because I'll tell you what, there's a commonality with my thought process and his and, and just to help as many people as possible, with however we can help people. And, um, and he's doing awesome stuff, so make sure to check that out. You know, I got another question here that was messaged over about drums and... Um, Ask me about when I started playing drums, how I learned to play drums, that kind of stuff. And I'm self-taught, like everything else in my life, man. Like everything else in my life, I'm self-taught. I started playing drums late. I was like 18 years old, and uh, a friend of mine at the time needed a drummer for a band. And I bought a kit from a pawn shop. Ironically, the brand was Playa, which is funny. And... Um, and I just started playing. I was sitting on pickle buckets. I couldn't even afford cymbals. I had a chair for my hi-hat, you know, just clicking on it, trying to learn uh, uh, this apparatus. And um, I was in a band. And so I, I started learning quickly uh, some all sorts of different things and just bought another kit from Pawn Shop, and I just never quit. I never quit playing. Even when I uh, was on the road, my uh, drums were at a friend's house, and I told him, I said, I'll be back. I will be back to get these, play them, you know, do what you want, just take care of them, and I will be back to get them. And the kit I play today is the same kit that was. It was the second kit I ever bought. It's had some alterations. It's orange metal flake now, and the uh, bearing edges have been redone to or to sound a little different. Um, and I don't play in a band currently. The last thing that I did as far as like publicly playing out, I played in a band called Stalefish, S-T-A-L-E-P-H-I-S-H. And you can find us on YouTube. We did two records. We toured the East Coast. Um, and it, it was just so, so much fun. It's punk rock about skateboarding and... Um, it, 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 we just had a great time. Uh, my choices got in the way of that band about five years ago. And ironically, over this COVID thing, the guys in the band and I have been talking and possibly might do something once they open up the borders because the guitarist for that band lives over in Windsor. And he cannot come over here right now because if he goes back, he has to be quarantined for two weeks. But Stalefish was the last thing I played on. I still play usually couple three or four days a week just put on my favorite playlist and play and I'm still learning and evolving and one of the coolest things about a, a musical instrument is you're never done learning and it doesn't matter what instrument that you are playing you can always take it to another level and with drumming I have seen some amazing progression in the last three or four months where I'm like wow my timing is actually good now you know, I actually have good timing or dexterity or I'm playing different things or my snare drum skills or this or that, you know, it, it, and it's because it's fun. You know, the question in segment one was about how you get sponsored. And I don't think I was ever the best skateboarder on the planet, but I had a lot of fun and I was fun to watch and people could notice that. And with my drumming, I think it's very similar. I have a lot of fun and I enjoy what I'm doing. 
and people get that vibration. They get that, and it, it's a great thing. So, um, but this this whole thing, uh, you know, today with the live Facebook feed. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with the NRM live feed coming through nrmstreamcast.com here from our studios in Farmington Hills has has been amazing. Has been truly amazing, you know, uh, answering some of these questions. I think I've answered most of the ones that were messaged over. Um, somebody had messaged about Buddhism and I'll get into that in a minute, but um, I mean, we've covered a lot. If you're just tuning in, make sure to go to nrmstreamcast.com here over the next couple days. In both of these segments, part one and part two, will be in the library or recently added kind of thing and you can you can check it out because in part one we covered a bunch we covered a bunch what you know some of the questions that were answered in part one any regrets you know how did i start a podcast best video game system what tricks uh were the most memorable um and svi i think svi is pretty cool with this how did it make me feel to to look back and see some of the things i've overcome and so those questions were covered in part one and part two uh here in the last 10 minutes you know we've covered a lot as well and i had a question about buddhism like how did i get into buddhism and and i don't know over the last 10 years uh, i like to read and i like to understand things i i no matter what if i'm discussing something with with somebody and we have different kinds of viewpoints, I, I still want to understand their side. And when it came to religion and different things like that, philosophies, I wanted to understand it. And so over the last 10 years or so, I would check out Confucius and I would check out, you know, Buddha and check out different Eastern philosophies and was drawn to um, the, the Buddhist uh, kind of thought process. I, I, I gravitated towards that. And so over the last, I don't know, three, four years, especially the last couple of years, I've really focused on uh, the Mahayana Buddhist um, teachings. And other people have come into my life uh, on this show. We have had um, Miles Neal on the show. And he is a Buddhist psychotherapist in like top five in the country. And he spent an hour here on the drop-in and also gave me some uh, materials to learn more about uh, how you can move some of the philosophies of the Buddha into your day-to-day life. And it helped. And, and, and it works for me, and it seems very, very effortless. Uh, so it's, it's been a little bit of an evolution of how I got to um, study Buddhism. But I love the Hindus, too. Like, hin- Hindu uh, philosophy is incredible incredible a lot of those eastern philosophies you know between uh buddha and confucius and uh they're they're very similar and and i'd say check them out if you got the time let's see when you kicked um uh, da, 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 da. when you kicked off a buddy's stomach that has got to be top five ah now that brings back some memories because I used to um, do these tricks where if a ramp was sitting next to a wall, you know, quarter pipe wall, I could come up and do an air pretty high and I would take my feet off the board and sort of jump on the wall like Spider-Man and jump back into the ramp. All in one trick, you know. And uh, what Michael is talking about was in Flint, Michigan. And it was at a contest, and my buddy Big Al, some people watching this will know who Al Gardner is, and one of my best friends in my life. And um, he happened to be standing up on the deck of the ramp. 
and sort of like coaxed me into doing that wall plant thing, but off of his his chest. And I did it. Uh, came up the ramp, bam, jumped up, feet on his chest, and jumped back into the ramp. Yeah, that that was a great memory because that era was amazing in skateboarding. It was so the contests were few and far between, and uh, they would draw hundreds of people to them. And that one was at E1 in Flint, Michigan, um, and and it was it was amazing. There was bands playing, a little mini ramp in the shop. And just a cool vibe, and we were just having so much fun at that time. Probably '96, '97 ish. It was it was just a cool thing. So thank you, thank you, Michael, for uh, bringing that up. Because um, and and Watson, Kevin Watson is saying Big Al. You know, everybody who skated with Big Al, they wouldn't soon forget it. I mean, he was like six foot five, white dreadlocks, just this gnarly burly skater and we look like if you ever saw the movie twins with um what is it arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito that's what al and i look like because i'm five foot six i mean dude was like a foot taller than me and we would get out of either my Volkswagen or my chevette or whatever and and i would get out of the car hey hey, hey and look like an oompa loompa and he would keep getting out of the car he was just a huge person and um, it, it was it was an incredible time in the skateboard world because if you were still riding a skateboard, you had to search it out. Skateboarding was not that popular in 1995 through the mid-90s. It just wasn't. And if you were doing it, it was a special, special um, – it, it was I don't want to say click, but everybody got along because you knew everybody in that room – was as passionate about it as you were. In the contest, there was the, the band's Warp Tour contest at that time. Uh, there'd be 200 people there. 200 people would show up, and, and your best friends would be there. And it would be a whole day of just having fun and firing each other up. It was, it was truly a special time. And if you got to experience that, you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And that, that trick off of... of um, Al's stomach was uh, during the American Nomad Contest series, I believe, which is a series that Bill Danforth put on here in Michigan, and it went to three or four different stops. It went to Empire of One, Kalamazoo, Metro Trend, and I think maybe one more park. And whoever, and it was like points and everything. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, that was that was interesting. Alan O'Shea just tuned in. I think he is in Ireland, I think. Um, but what's up, Al? Good to, good to have you watching, man. We miss you here in, in the Metro Detroit area. I'm sure a lot of people would love to see you sometime soon. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that, that was definitely an interesting time in skateboarding. And for me, it was really I, – I was at the top of my game. And so um, that was a, the couple-year period where I was fortunate enough to win a bunch of amateur contests, which was the, 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 the springboard for me eventually turning pro, which is still mind-blowing to me because I, I don't know how that happened, but it did, and that was 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. So thank you for bringing that up again, Michael. And thank you, Kevin Watson. Big Al is an amazing person. Owen Neighbors, yes, super nice guy, one of the best people on the the planet hardest working dude hardest working dude i know actually it's a tie with him and joe hughes as the two hardest working dudes i know and both of them are um are amazing friends that i've known for over 30 years but um 
I just, uh, you know, doing this show today has been awesome, and you guys have made it awesome. Uh, just answering some of these questions really got me thinking um, just about life in general. You know, um, we covered a lot, and now you bring up uh, you bring up Big Al. And so that's on my mind. I got to reel it in a little bit because now I'm 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 going back to to that time. But uh, it it has been it it's been amazing. It has truly been amazing to be able to come here every week with you guys and and bring you guests that um are are, are their stories are usually mind blowing to me because many of the guests that come in here to the NRM studios and and visit us on the drop in. I know them, but I only know this much of them. And they come in, and I, I mean, I had Kyle Rara on this show, and he uh, had me in tears. When, and I've known Kyle for a few years, but he had me in tears with, with the struggles that he has made it through. And so be sure to go back and check out at nrmstreamcast.com some of the past guests in the library. Uh, because the shows are, are all over the map, from entrepreneurs. I had this lady on the show. I had a lady on this show, and she was a dog trainer. And I'm like, a dog trainer? Like, how, how exciting could that possibly be? Well, her daughter was allergic to red dye number nine, maybe. Um, whatever the red dye number is that's in everything. And when her daughter got old enough where she was going to start going out in the world, uh, she didn't know what to do. She's like, how do we, how do we, she, her daughter was allergic to this red dye number nine that's in everything. And so she had talked to a bunch of people and they said, we have dogs that can smell it. They can smell it. Um, and so she went, talked to the dog people, got this little dog and the dog was incredible because they brought the dog in the studio. And if you had something in your hand, you would, you would put it in front of the dog's nose and if it had the red dye in it, the dog would no joke. Knock it out of your hand. And if the item did not have the red dye in it, the dog would look right in your eyes to let you know it was okay. And this lady who had a teaching degree from U of M, and I'm sorry, I can't remember her first name, but she had a teaching degree from U of M. She actually uh, trans... Uh, I don't know what the word is offhand, but she, she quit teaching and started training dogs, and now she's like michigandogtrainers.com or something, and that's what she does for a living. And they have been in these studios, and the, and the story was amazing. When, when she tells the story, it was amazing. And those are the kinds of guests we have here on The Drop-In. Next week I have Richard Kirby. He was pro for Santa Cruz around that time we've been talking about, the, the mid-'90s, and recently uh, opened a tattoo shop here uh, in the eastern United States. He's coming on next week. Richard Kirby will be here next week. Following that, I have um, Eric and Justin from Green Man Golf. You can check out their site on Instagram. Uh, it's just Green Man Golf. And it's some punk rock skaters who dig golf. And now they started their own company. They're making cool punk rock stickers and different things, tees and whatnot, with a, a punk rock golf kind of mashup. And they will be on in two weeks. Well, yeah, two weeks from today. And then the week after, I have Russell Laginus coming on. And, and Russell is, he runs a Brotherhood Recovery in Washington State. Um, he's coming on, and he does a bunch of stuff, does a bunch of stuff with the homeless in the community. We're going to talk about his story, how he, um, 
got himself out of the gutter, and now he is so focused on being of service to others. And so the next three weeks are going to be truly amazing. So make sure to tune in each week. You can tune in live at 5 o'clock on Thursdays, or following that, you can go to nrmstreamcast.com and see the whole library. The whole library is right there. Brent Jones, thank you for tuning in today. But with that, I just want to say thank you guys, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for your questions. Thanks everybody who messaged me questions. It, it is uh, over-exceeded expectations. Over-exceeded expectations for sure. And make sure to share this with as many people as you can. And when the show comes out, I will put it back out there through Facebook, Instagram, different different channels. And, um, and just, uh, you know, I love doing this. And I love inspiring people, and through your questions, I can tell that you guys have been inspired in one way or another. So thank you once again for tuning in to the drop-in. I hear the music in my ears, which means it's time to go. But you guys are awesome. I appreciate you, and I'll be back next week with Richard Kirby. I am Gerald Valley, and this is the drop-in.